0: Welcome to the Business Made Simple Podcast, where we coach you to build your business like an airplane. The cockpit is your leadership, the body is your overhead, the right engine is your marketing, the left engine is your sales, the wings are your products, and the fuel tanks are your cash flow. If you build the six parts of your business correctly, it will fly far and fast. Every week we help a business owner just like you optimize their airplane. I'm your host, Donald Miller. Today on the podcast, we're going to talk about writing a book. Should you write a book? How hard is it to write a book? What should the book be about? How do you actually sit down and get it done? Those are all the questions that people who want to write books have. And we're going to talk about those questions or answer those questions with my friend Kirby Miller. Kirby is the founder of Kanimi Kitchen, which is all about not just cooking, but eating and the conversations that you have around food. Specifically, though, I got to tell you, Kirby has the best popcorn you've ever tasted. It's Kanimi Kitchen popcorn. They, they literally bagged up little bags of her popcorn and gave it away to everybody at the Grammys. And, and she, you know, more people should know about Kirby Miller. So as we became friends, I just mentioned to her, have you ever thought about writing a book? And she said, interestingly, I have. So Kirby Miller is our guest today, but she's really you. She's anybody who wants to write a book. So if you have been in a place where you have thought, I need to write a book, then you are going to get a lot out of today's conversation with Kirby Miller. I mean, you you really have a, a personal platform that is small that needs to be bigger. It's all really somehow surrounding food and conversation. They're literally flying you to Italy to cook for big book clubs and things like that. Can you explain to me how you have positioned or how you frame all that you do?
1: Sure. And you're not alone in putting that in a box. I, too, sometimes still seek out the right language yeah, for it all. We all do. Okay, and it makes me feel better. When I learn to take the pressure off, I'm like, ah, but really the core of it, you hit the nail on the head. The nourishment that food gives us also walks right hand in hand with the nourishment that we get from one another. Because for me, my life has been composed of so many different pieces. All of ours have, but I've always had varied interest. And so as I've created this brand with the intention of connecting people meaningfully, leaving people better than I found them, and in turn, like, improving myself, that takes on a variety of different forms that sometimes it's hard to put in a box. <laughs>
0: well, let me ask you this. if Let's get right to it. If you wrote a book currently, as you sit and think about your life, what would the book be about?
1: Yeah, I've thought a lot about that, especially uh, hanging out with people like you. You tend to think about these things and not only think about them, and that's why I'm so thankful uh, that our path and life have crossed, really creating a pathway that the thoughts can come into real life. So I've, I've been giving this a lot of thought. So many people familiar with the brand, much like you think of food, but then think beyond that to the experience that you have, mm. where you can just be human, where you don't have to qualify for the time. It's I open all of my sessions and say, okay, here are the rules. Are you human? And do you get hungry? <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. And so for me, the book would really embody that, just that Uh, No matter where you find yourself in life, no matter what curveballs you may currently be navigating or maybe recovering from, that you could find a place in that book where you could find some amount of encouragement, some tool set that would help you to say, hmm, how can I look at these pieces and reimagine them? Mm. How might this recipe of my current circumstance come together in a really beautiful way, even though that may not have been my initial plan? That's what I would hope the book could be. Um, nothing that um, sets out to be a, a fix-all or a cure-all, but really just a light. Yeah. A light doesn't really change what you have, but if you walk into a dark room, you can kind of bump and bruise and navigate. But if you turn on the light, nothing else has changed in the room, but you can actually carve out a path that uh, hopefully won't bruise you up too bad. So that's what I'm hoping that the book will be, just be a light and invite people into Uh, An an area where they can think, hmm, maybe it's not lost for me. Maybe it's not over. And maybe I can still be something that I always hoped that I could be, that I always knew that I could be, even though the circumstances may not support that. That's, That's my hope for
0: the book. Yeah. Well, you know, it sounds like as I listen to you and, and I do tend to listen with the ear of a publisher because I have to talk to the ears of publishers so much about yeah. what's next and where we're we gonna go and what are we gonna do. Sure. And as I talk to you, it sounds like the book is actually a little more of a memoir. Uh, mm-hmm. Than a book that offers the Seven Habits of Highly Successful People, or you know, the Ten Rules of whatever, it, and and memoirs, of course, do very very well, and so there's there's a a market for that, and I and I'll have to ask the audience to forgive me, but that's how publishers think. They don't think. They want to they want a Venn diagram. They want this changes the world and encourages readers and this makes money. Because if you just print the book that says this changes the world and encourages readers and you don't make any money, you got one book left as a publisher. Yeah. And you're done, unless you have some, you know, some deep pockets somewhere that's funding this stuff. So they have to think that way. And so when I, you know, meet somebody like you that I want the world to know about, sadly what I often do is go, okay, how can a publisher make money off of Kirby Miller? Because that's the only way she's going to get a platform. Mm -hmm. So that might be point one in just a coaching session that that we just have to think that way. And as I listen to you talk, it's really be encouraged by my story and learn from my story. Mm -hmm. And I think that 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 doesn't have to be what a memoir is, but a memoir that isn't that is normally uh, written by a huge celebrity and we just want to know how they got there. And, of course, they have a built-in platform. But the reality is we don't have to be a huge celebrity. When I wrote Blue Like Jazz, I wasn't. Nobody knew my name, but it was a memoir book. But it did do two things, you know, learn from my story and be encouraged somehow from my story. So it offered something. So encouragement and learning is actually takes place of the celebrity. And then, you know, your second book is actually, okay, yeah, how'd you get to, you you can actually actually talk about your own story a lot more. That's right. I wonder how that sits with you, though, if I say that to you, if you say, Don, that's, I don't want to just, my story is actually sacred and I don't want to exploit it to just to encourage people and, you know, so that people will learn. It's my story. That's how some people might hear what I'm saying. I'm curious as to how you take that.
1: Sure. That lands with me and actually is inspiring. Uh, Oh, good. Because after spending time with you and Allie Fallon, Uh also phenomenal. She is, good uh, friend. Yeah, it's just been really awesome to put the language to the fact that writing can be cathartic, it can be therapeutic, even if no one sees it. So I know that for sure. And I know that there's a space for that. But with the intention of wanting to take every night that's been full of you know, tears or despair or every moment where I felt like, I really don't know how I'm going to get through this, but I know that I will. And I've had many of those. My intention is to have those put out into the world so they can help other people. Mm-hmm. So I know that I can write and have my own personal catharsis. But I also love the, the knowing that, like you said, that intersection of if it's positioned the right way that it can actually meet the needs of other people. So I hear what you're saying. And maybe nine months ago, if I would have heard you say that, it would have probably been a little jarring or off-putting. So anyone who's listening to the podcast, if you feel that way. <laughs> just wait you're nine not alone. months and then write in. <laughs> <laughs> you're not alone where you just think, wow, these these bits, these pieces feel very personal. They feel um and they very are personal. much like they are personal. Why would we Put this in this dollars and cents, but it, it's I've I've grown beyond that to know that you know impact often drives income, and there are certain uh, just laws of how business works. And so, if you can find someone like yourself who has the big business acumen partnered with heart, I think that's a unique sweet spot. So that you can know that the advice that you're getting uh, is heart centered, but also has that that unique lens to say hey if your goal is to have impact this is the way to do it. So I hear that through very different ears now.
0: I'm so glad. I'm so glad you do because I think that a lot of people when they say no this is my story this is sacred they they mean it and they mean very well. I don't mean to take anything away from them, but I think what they're also saying is I want it I want to find out that I am so special that I don't have to jump through the laws of commerce in order to be known. And if you think about it, that's actually a pretty selfish thing. It's like, I don't want to make my publisher any money. I don't want to offer the reader anything. I just want to be so special that I can write words on a page and people write me letters and say, you're such a good writer.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I would—I want like to stop a, it's a and say, sobering wake-up call. It is a little like, bit of a, a nice sobering wake-up
0: call. That's that—that's actually, and I, you know, I only say that from personal experience. That's when I first started as a writer. That's what I thought. I just thought I'm the only one who's different, and you know, yeah. my my mom bought most of the copies of my first book. So there, so there you go. You're <laughs> the, like, that's how that happened. Yeah, the second, you know, the people that we like and respect most in the world—if we don't want to say this—but they're actually useful to us. That's right. know, they're useful. They're, they, we, when we get that with them, we feel better about ourselves. That's somebody who's useful, and yeah, and so we we tend to be really attracted to people who are useful, and we want to know more about them. Let Let me say another thing that I think would help, and I'm curious about your answer to this. You know, one of the things that I would try to figure out in a book is what is what is the journey of transformation going to be when uh, the woman starts this book, the the lead character where is she? Who is she? Uh, and when, when it ends, where is she and who is she? And how dramatic is the transformation? And is it a good thing for people to vicariously live through that transformation and experience it themselves? And that begs the question, what's the journey of this book going to be? Who is Kirby at the beginning and who's Kirby at mm-hmm. the end? Then that that begs A second question, and that is, which journey are you going to choose? Because the truth is, Kirby Miller has not had one transformational journey. She's had dozens, Uh, but the book can't really be about that. But give me an example of where you would start this book. Who is Kirby? Where is she? What does she believe about herself?
1: As I've been thinking back over my life and what I would commit to paper for the masses, because I have been working on uh, quite a bit of writing just to help manage where I find myself in life. But what I would put out there to other people, the part of the journey I would love to hone in on is the part where I went through a pretty significant life change with a traumatic car accident of my parents, with my parents, and the life that kind of abruptly was thrust upon me following. However, it was all of the little pieces before that, all of the, the, things that i read or focused on as i was building this life that i thought i was going to have <laughs> that helped me in a very different way through that through that chapter and i'm actually currently still in that chapter and when i started to listen to self a bit more when i started to shed doubt when i started to shed the weight of expectation and when i started to really really seek out the things that i thought were most me that I knew were most me that perhaps I used to just flirt with, or I used to just visit and then go back to what was uh, responsible and expected. And when I really started to say, listen, I've been broken down to the most fundamental pieces. This is not the life that I, I thought I'd have. It's the one that I do have. And there's still beautiful pieces in it. It still requires me to be resilient. It still requires me to be strong. But this version of me also requires me to take care of myself. And to honor those things that maybe I thought would be down the road, and so some of those would be putting my uh, some of my my bigger dreams and desires out there, chasing dreams that I thought were maybe a little bit too private to put out into the world, like writing a book, like traveling internationally to do what I love. Some of those things that I thought maybe not for maybe I would never get to do those things, but when I started to really Honor my design and honor the fact that you can have really harsh and beautiful things in parallel. That's really when life changed for me.
0: Wow. That to me, you know, as I listen, I'm listening for what we call a controlling idea. My listeners mm-hmm. already know what it is. A controlling idea is what the book is about. But this idea that really harsh and difficult things and really beautiful and amazing things can happen to the same person and you've got to accept both. In other words, you're not either having a tragic experience or a comedic experience, comedic being the literary term meaning a happy experience. You're not having either a tragic or a comedic experience, you're having both. And if you embrace that, life makes more sense. That to me is a book worth reading. Now what what happens is, and so now you're offering something to the audience. You're offering an explanation of their life and an acceptance of their life. And honestly, you never have to say that to them. You can just say okay. that's what you did and they'll go, "Well, I'm going to do it too. I'm going to do what Kirby did." And to me, that then if that now it sounds like we've got the ending. So the ending is the, the the new Kirby Miller at the end of the book is somebody who accepts them both and I would love a little formula for how you accept the tragic and how you accept the good. You know, and and so it, uh, that's what I need as the reader. I need, okay, that's great, but how do I do that? So we've got this we've got Kirby Miller at the beginning. also, we're going to have to say this th- th- that she doesn't. So there's got to be a sense of when I was handed the responsibility to take care of my adult parents, it was my responsibility for the rest of my life and the rest of their lives to accept this responsibility. I thought in a binary way that my life was over and good things happening to my life were not going to happen. And then I kept being surprised when good things would happen and I would sort of reject them because that's not who I am. I'm the person who bad things happen to. And then you then you realized oh my word it's both. And I've been I've been pushing off the good things and only accepting the bad things because my identity was a victim. And that to me that's that's a book. I mean, I'm glad we had this conversation because I'm like, that's a book. I'm thinking like a publisher. That's a book I want to read. If Kirby Miller can teach me to accept the hard things and learn from them and grieve them, and she can teach me to accept the beautiful, wonderful things and enjoy them and not let them get to my head, then she has changed my life.
1: (laughs) Much like this conversation.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that's wonderful. So now we've got what we call an arc. It's a character arc. The character is going to go from here to here. I love that.
1: So good. (laughs) (laughs) So good. And I appreciate this because when you're, as you well know, are in it, it's challenging sometimes to order the pieces and really make sure that it has the impact that you want.
0: Here's one thing that I would do is I would get a, a pretty good-sized piece of paper, maybe a little piece of butcher paper, okay. and I would take a Sharpie and I would draw a line down the middle of that paper, okay. a horizontal line. And okay. then I would map out low points and high points along this journey of your transformation. So we know at the beginning, Kirby thinks life is either a tragedy or a comedy, a happy ending or a sad ending. We know at the end, she realizes it's both, and that's what makes it beautiful. And you should accept the hard things. It doesn't mean that you're a tragic figure. On the way to that journey, there's been highs and lows. A low would obviously be the call that you got saying your parents are in the ICU and they might not make it. And maybe that's where the book begins. I'm not sure. This is just an exercise. And then there would be a high. You know, they... They made it through, and then a low, and then a high, and you really do want to go low, high, low, high, low, high, okay. low, high. Even though, and this is going to be hard for some people to hear, even though that's not actually how life worked. There were three lows and one high, and then two highs and one low. <laughs> that's just not what a reader wants. They want low, high, low, high, low, high, people. and that's yeah, exactly. So we've got to we've got to we've got to honor our reader and not be selfish. This was a letter to them. We need to write it so that they can read it, not write it so that we can speak our mind. So that's a that's a selfless act. So we're going to go low, high, low, high. Okay. Then I would take that, that whole butcher paper where you've got your your life story as it relates to our controlling idea. And then I would start right, I would do vertical lines dividing up your chapters. Okay. And then I would go with each of those chapters and I would say, okay, the theme of this chapter as it relates to realizing that we've got to accept the good and the bad. By mm-hmm. the way, the good and the bad is a good name for a book. You know, it, you've, uh, You know, so- The the theme of this one is uh, I figured out tragedies have been some of the best things that have, have ever happened to me. You know, the theme of this one is sometimes the people that you love the most can't go with you to the hard places and you have to accept that and be okay with that and love them anyway. You know mm-hmm. the the theme of this one is, but each chapter does have to have one controlling idea that fits sure. underneath the plot of the whole book, okay and I think if it's a memoir style, I really recommend the high, low, high, low, or low, high, low, high, low, high, low high, divide it up into chapters, figure out the theme for e- well you know you got to have the controlling idea, and then you figure out the theme for each chapter, and then you start take each of those chapters instead of writing, just come up with bullet points, and the bullet okay. points or are, are um I remember two days in sitting in my mother's room and there was a little pieces of dust dancing in the sunlight coming through the window mm-hmm. and I remember being resentful that life was still going on That's a moment and we're going to put that in the book So yeah. we, you know these do these bullet points and then what you have is a book that either you can write or you can take to somebody who's a professional writer and say, can you help me get a rough draft of this? Can I sit and talk to you? Because now you've got the hardest part. And the hardest part is the story and what this book is about and the stories that you're going to tell inside of it. And at that point, I think I think we're all writers if we can get that. That's so good. Yes. You, you know, we may not be... Very good at wording things, and and you are because I've seen your stuff. You're good, and what the beautiful thing about that exercise is not only that you get a book out of it, you actually understand more of who you are. And and when you write that, when you write that outline, you realize you know what life is good and bad, and I actually do believe this, and this is what I've been trying to say, and you know that sort of thing. How does that that in terms of a first step? Do you think that process clears up some things for you?
1: It does clear up some things, and it provides. A great visual, like a roadmap, right? And to me, it's it sounds like something knowing myself that is like, huh, it's just a nice tangible in the right direction,
0: yeah. It's a great way to structure a memoir,
1: okay. Some good guardrails as well. So, if you feel yourself going off here, you're like, nope, <laughs> you've got a map, stick yeah. with the map,
0: yeah. And you know, it's easy to sit down from 7 to 9 a.m. or 9 to 11 or whatever you've got time for consistently, at least three days a week. And come up with bullet points. The the pressure's off at that That's point. That's right. And then then you can move the bullet points around. Actually, that actually fits better over here. This should go to chapter seven. And oh, we're you know what? We're gonna open with that. And we're gonna put that one over here in chapter one. Um, you know, it allows you to do that and just takes a lot of the heavy lifting off of your brain as you're sitting down trying to you know, the book is gonna be two hundred plus pages. Mm-hmm. And if you try if you sit down and say, I've gotta write two hundred plus pages it's going to crush you. But if you sit down and go, I have to write out this bullet point and it needs to become two paragraphs and that's all I got to do. And then tomorrow I got to make this bullet point two paragraphs. And then I got to decide if those things stitch together very well.
1: So good. That is extremely helpful. Could I ask you a question? Yeah, please. What's one of the most maybe surprising, and I've been doing this for a while, maybe realizations or feelings that you've had after one of those morning sessions? Because those sessions, the whole point of it is discipline, right? It's expected, it's discipline. But I'm curious about, out of that discipline, what has kind of surprised you after maybe writing, having one of those sessions?
0: Well, what's what has surprised me over the course of my career is the way that um, perhaps it's the way the brain works, perhaps it's providential. Um, But if I'm faithful to show up from 7 to 9 a.m., and I get good sleep and uh, I avoid, you know, sugary foods until after I'm done with my writing because that, that you you know, that takes all the blood to your stomach and mm-hmm. you don't have anything in your brain to work yes. with. I have so, no you know, those are the little <laughs> practical things. What I'm amazed are the nuggets that God gives you in the order that you need them. Wow. And I think a lot of writers, a lot of people who would probably be good writers and have really great things to say. They don't start because they don't have all 200 nuggets. And I would say to you, you're only looking for one. Mm. The only nugget that you're looking for is the next one. That's it. You're, you're not going to get them all. And um, I would hope that you know once you actually go, here's the, here's the line, and here's the good and bad things that have happened, and here's the, where the way the chapters have broke down, that is not a religious document. The nuggets may the nuggets may shift that and change it and you've got you've got to somehow you know it's kind of like dancing if you and your husband go out dancing one night and I for christmas I bought Betsy dance lessons so oh, that's uh, a good somebody's gift. actually coming to our house to teach us to dance cuz we got a baby and we got to figure out how to live with a baby so right. <laughs> I, but I know enough about dancing, which is nothing. I know enough about dancing that you can't over-control it, nor can you, nor can you lay on the floor like a fish. Neither works <laughs> really well. You have to kind of figure out how to dance with your that's partner right. and make it feel right. And it's not exactly a linear, you know, thing to do. And I think that's the way a book is. It's. I know I, I can't be a dead fish and just expect it to come to me. I've got to do something here, but I've got to be willing to let go. But if I let go too much, the book started about one thing and ends about another and people can't follow it. So I think it's a matter of sitting down and figuring it out. You know, it's an interesting journey. And I think that I think that the world should know about you. Uh, I think you have an extremely positive message. I think this message that you and I came up with together of you've got to accept the good and the bad because that's what makes life beautiful. And you are neither a tragic figure nor a, nor a totally heroic figure and uh, your, your life is actually both. And to tell us what we learn from tragedy and to tell us what we learn from wonderful things happening, to tell us how to accept tragedy, to tell us how to accept wonderful things, because most people can't do that. In fact, most people, I would say it's easier for them to accept themselves as a tragic figure than a heroic figure, which that's an incredible transformation, if you can talk us out of that. How does all that feel to you, Kirby? Are you going to get up at uh, seven a.m. start writing now? Listen, <laughs> I'm
1: going to be drawing a line with a sharpie very soon. <laughs> and there's so many pieces out of this that are helpful to me. And you've shared multiple mindset shifts that I'm thankful for to glean from your history with writing. Uh, just that you can't expect to know it all at the beginning, which is hard for people who are on that analytical side. So, if you're listening to this. I stand in solidarity with you, but I love what you talked about, supporting the process and then the process and God will give you what you need next, because I, in reading your uh, latest book, Hero on a Mission, I love this. This follows me around different places, Uh, recalling how you approached writing before. As a victim. (laughs) You knew, yeah, you knew that you wanted to be a writer. There was this pull, this call that never changed. That was there but how it, you expressed it did change. So I literally, I was at a coffee shop actually reading this and then laughed out loud when you were talking about in the book how you thought that it
0: was a particular chair or space. <laughs> that is a that is a true story. I can take you to that exact chair.
1: And if it weren't available, you weren't writing.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, if that chair was not available, I sat around and waited for somebody yeah. to get out of that chair because I thought that's yeah. where the words were.
1: Mm -hmm. And, but the, the pull and who you are today was always alive and well down here, but your mindset actually was, was standing in the way of it. So I just, that stuck out to me among many other things. And this session has been so helpful and I can't wait to be able to share with you and say, okay, the line has been drawn, the nuggets are out there and the book is moving on to the next step. I just appreciate you so much.
0: Kirby Miller, when your book comes out, will you come on the show? Absolutely. I I can't wait to find out what it's actually about. I mean, we've got a good vision, but who knows? It might change. You just show up every day like an archaeologist and try to find a little treasure.
1: Who knows what could happen?
0: Kanemikitchen.com is where you want to go. Get yourself some popcorn. (laughs) Trust me. Just trust me. I love Kirby Miller. I think uh, the world should know about her. And the, if you feel that way about yourself, and I know that's, I know that's, an, you're you're alone right now. You're on a treadmill. You're in your car. But just ask yourself: Is there a part of you that feels like people in this world would be inspired by what you've learned in this life? If that's true, then, I mean, I think you can tell your story. I think you should tell your story. It may not be in a book. Maybe in a keynote. Maybe over dinner. You know, who knows? But I, I don't think that, that knowing uh, necessarily comes uh, only from you. I think uh, maybe God has given you a little bit of that. And maybe there's some wounds also. I mean, I'm a firm believer that, you know, there's some stuff we do that's we're doing to compensate for some wounds that we have. And we're also doing them because we're generous, selfless people. It's both. It's kind of like Kirby's message. You know, life is not just a tragedy or just a comedy. And you are not all good or all bad. You're both. And if you're waiting to be all good and waiting to write books only from the most pure motivation, you're never going to write a book because you're never going to be totally pure. So you got you to gotta get that out of the way and uh, actually do it. I'm glad Kirby's doing it, and I really hope that we have her back on the podcast a year or two years from now to talk about her book, because I think the world should know who she is and the world should know who you are. Well, at the end of every episode, I give you a plan of action from today's coaching conversation. These are the main takeaways that you can immediately implement to strengthen and grow your business. And yes, writing a book has a lot to do with actually growing your business because it it fuels the right and left engine. It also fuels the cockpit in some ways. You know, it's it's your leadership, it's your vision for the world, and then getting a little platform and having your name on a book. Even if you sell five, ten thousand 10,000 copies, it does amazing things for a small business. So it is something that you should actually consider. But how do you do it? Well, let's focus our plan of action today on some of the things that Kirby and I talked about. The first is, if you happen to be writing a memoir, if is not a straight business book, it's a memoir, and you're going to talk about your life a little bit, make sure to offer encouragement and or lessons that help the audience either accomplish something or transform into a better version of themselves. If you don't have a platform, if, you, if, you know, if you're not Steve Martin writing his book, Born Standing Up, which is a masterpiece, you know if you're not uh, Dave Grohl writing his new book, Storyteller, none of those books would have sold anything unless those people were famous. And a lot of times we'll read those books and we'll say, oh, I want to tell my story. Well, nobody, nobody knows who you are, and so the publisher is not going to have an economic interest. But you can... Write a book that teaches people something, or or accomplishes something, or for very few people is so unbelievably well written. Uh, You know, for example, Annie Dillard. I don't care what Annie Dillard writes about; she's unbelievable at whatever she writes about. That's not me, and that might not be you either. So, how do we find a little place in this publishing world? Offer encouragement, offer lessons, and by the way, that may get you so famous that you can write a book and talk about yourself and your story, and now people are interested because they want to know how you became who you became. But think about that when you when you're writing your memoir what is the character arc that uh, that I'm having and and who am I helping the reader become that is number 2 know your character arc when i start this book i am what and when i finish this book or when the reader finishes this book i am what version of myself that is much much better that needs to be decently dramatic i mean it needs to you know in order to please the reader. It's got to be kind of a 180. You were this way. Now you are this way. And if the reader comes with you, they can transform from being this way to this other way. And that's going to make them love life more. When you figure out your character arc, then draw a line on a piece of butcher paper or on a giant whiteboard and start putting in the low points and the high points from who you were to who you are. It's best if you can make it low, high, low, high, low, high, even though that's not the way reality worked. That is a service to your reader. It is not lying. It is not manipulative. It's a service to your reader to make this a palatable book. All right. Now you've got a lot going on. You, you've put the character arc on a linear line. Then you divided the chapters, and then you actually turned each chapter into some bullet points of some things that you want to talk about in those chapters. Now your your assignment is much easier. You're actually going to sit down, and all you got to do is write that first chapter, and then the second chapter, and the third chapter. And that's going It takes me about a week to ten days of two hours a morning. So it takes me, what, 20 hours to write a chapter. And you know if there's 12 or 15 chapters, then that's how long it's going to take me to write the book. That being said, there's always eight or 10 chapters that don't make the book. So you're talking about twice as long of an experience. It's a, If you don't get used to just sitting down and writing without thinking about the end, uh, you're not going to make it. Writing is a walk across America. You're not going to do it tomorrow. You're going to do it when you enjoy walking long distances, and suddenly you're going to find an ocean. But you didn't. You weren't expecting it. Uh, you know that you just walk. Writers just write, and you've got to commit. And you're not going to feel like a writer for a long time. You're going to have to battle your identity. Uh, I hope that you write a book because even if you never publish it, it's an amazing experience. It's 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 a way to sort of solidify the transformation that you've had as a human being. It's a way to to crystallize your worldview and you can operate out of a strong foundation and go impact the world much better if you write it down, if you write it down. Well, speaking of write it down, Kirby Miller was kind enough to mention Hero on a Mission. That is my book that comes out tomorrow, Tuesday the 11th. By the time you hear this podcast, it's probably already been out. But if you go to Amazon or Barnes and Noble, search for Hero on a Mission, it's all about the four characters we tend to play in life, victim, villain, hero, guide, And I'm going to help you identify when you're playing the victim and to stop doing it. I'm going to help you identify when you're playing the villain and to stop doing it. Because if you play those characters, your story will be ruined. But if you play the hero who transforms into a guide, your story will be incredibly meaningful and of great impact. I've got a bonus for you. If you buy the book, you know if you buy it on Amazon, they send you a receipt. If you buy it on Barnes & Noble, they email you a receipt. Just hit forward and forward that receipt to book at heroonamission.com. You just have to remember one word, book. At heroonamission.com. That's the name of the book. And uh, I'm going to send you a link to a free video series called Story Based Goal Setting. I just did a webinar on this, and 2,700 people watched the webinar. And I got more response from that webinar than I've ever gotten from any webinar I've ever done. And more people emailing me saying they listened to it crying. Because, you know, when you're talking about your goals, you're talking about your life and what you want to accomplish. And so it kind of gets emotional. But if you want that, get Hero on a Mission at uh, Amazon. Forward your receipt to book at heroonamission.com. I'll send you those videos. that will teach you how to set goals inside of a narrative context, which I believe is the key to actually achieving your goals. Well, listen, that's all for this episode. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Business Made Simple podcast, where we help you build your business like an airplane so you can fly it far and fast. See you again next week.